Facebook Valley, what are some of the difficulties that come up when playing with kids and why it's so hard for adults to play with their children? And today we wanted to give like practical tools and practical advice of what to do with a child when you find yourself having such a difficult time sitting with them and playing with them. Because we all know that play is important, but it's also important for the parent to be able to do it at that point. Yes. Um, you know, it's not helpful if the parent isn't isn't enjoying it and isn't having a good time while they're doing it. So we want to sort of like teaching parents how to play. Yes. I think that the first thing is boundaries around it. Um, for yourself, just knowing that this is not going to be an endless three-hour nightmare. <laughs> this is something that you're struggling with it. Mm-hmm. It's okay to set a time with your child and to say like, hey, we can do this game right now, or but I'm only available for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of times you know, the response to that might be a tantrum. Okay, I understand that that's frustrating, but I can either do 10 minutes or no minutes, Yeah. you know? And then I think that by learning how to be present in those 10 minutes, which we'll go on to talk about, I think that maybe that could lead you to the next day or the next week being able to do 11 minutes and being able to do 12 minutes. Mm -hmm. But if you don't start with the boundary, you can't stretch the boundary. Right. It has to be like clear, like clear parameters. Like I I remember reading this book, it was called 15 Minute Mom. Or fifteen minute parent, oh, like it. and it was it was, it was basically right. It's like how book. to make this concise. Like, <laughs> so it was saying how like you only have to be present and really really present for those fifteen minutes a day, yes. and you know five minutes in the morning, five minutes when they come from school, and five minutes from bedtime, and that's really all it takes. The rest of the time, like the child can be an independent play. And I know, like you know, that sounds like it's a very nice like right. It sounds up very present, short, but, but I was like kind of want to hear more about it because yesterday when I was doing a little bit more research, they were actually saying you only have to be a five minute mom, and I was like, wow. Like, like it went from 15 minutes to five minutes. Like, you know, maybe next time it's going to say like 30 seconds. <laughs> but here we are, like five minute mom. And I think like just the concept, I don't know if it's like literal in its terms, but the concept was is that the child needs those present five minutes. And that means that nothing else is on your mind. That means that you're really with them. And five minutes, we all can do five minutes. Five minutes is a long time. Yeah. And I think about it. I think that's a really good point because I think that like it can get overwhelming like a whole day of parenting is really hard. But if you can break it down and you can say like, I love this 15 minutes idea Mm -hmm. and I need this book. But um, if you can say like, you know, the morning's hectic. Everyone's getting dressed and you're running. And did you eat breakfast? And like somehow my mornings, everyone's crying at the end of the morning before we get to school. Like, hope not you. (laughs) It's questionable. But if you could say like five minutes in this morning, give them that extra kiss, that extra hug. Like I love this. Like it's my first time hearing about it and I love it. Um, you could be really present in those five minutes and then five minutes when you pick them up from school. So between picking them up from school till bedtime, like those hours seem endless. It's not that I have to sit and play with them for an hour. It's like, let me give five minutes of being present. Yeah. And then again, bedtime, laying in bed, uh, 10 books, you know what I mean? Five minutes of being present. Yeah. And you, it just makes it so much more manageable for the parent so much more contained and so right. much more feasible. And when you're working with something that's feasible, then you can work if a mom is being like, well, 15 minutes, that sounds so little. You can stretch it if you have the capacity. But first, we need the boundaries and the containment. Yes, exactly. And, you know, in that five minutes and 15 minutes, like the one thing that they said is that it must be with with um, each child individually. It can't be like, you know, five minutes with, you know, eight okay, kids. Well, now you just time. made it harder for a mom that has five kids. So <laughs> it's no longer just 15 minutes. Right. So we already talked about in part one about like goodbye to those negative mantras. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, goodbye to those negative thoughts because yep. they're not helping us. But I think positive um, – mantras as well can be really helpful because we have so much going on in our life. If you pick those five minutes that you decide that you're going to be present, I think it's important to say like, this is my priority right now. And there's nothing that's more important than doing this right now. Yeah, I think that's really hard, right? Because you can have dishes in the sink. You could have dinner that needs to be made. You could have your phone binging. But if you can just separate from everything, 
for five minutes or however long you decide and say right now there is nothing more important than what I'm doing right now, it gives you a sense of security of, wow, I need to be doing this mm-hmm. versus an overwhelming feeling of everything that I need to be doing all at once. Right. And it's kind of hard to like make those separations because there's always so much going on. But, you know, back to what you said before about it only has to be a boundaried amount of time that can make it a whole lot easier. Right. Because it's a little bit impossible to have your whole evening focusing just on your children because so much else is going on. But you pick that time, you tell Mm -hmm. that to your mantra. And I think that that time then could be so valuable. I think back to this like 15 minutes of what you said. um, I recently also heard that, you know, kids do better if the mom comes home later and then is like in a better mood and present than a mom who picks up their kid earlier yeah. and um, is let's say in a bad mood and not good. And this is related mm-hmm. towards research that I was doing about like people liking their jobs and not liking their jobs yeah. actually. And they were saying like better um, work at a job that you love that has more hours because you're going to do better for your kids than picking a job that you hate but it's half a day and then you're yeah. in a bad mood. So it wasn't even related to parenting. And I was like, wow, that's so powerful because I always thought like, okay – Maybe if my time isn't quality, at least it's quantity. Like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm picking up my kids early. I'm with my kids a lot. And like, if that means that you need to go to the gym before you're being with your kids, so you're in a better place with your kids, that might be something to think about. Right. And it's very hard. I know that. Yeah. I think you need to think about like, you know, the expectations of like the type of mom that you think you need to be versus the mom that you actually can be. Um, you know, I, I remember working with a, a woman a long, long time ago who was overwhelmed and, you know, she used to go from, from work to pick up her kids and then to the house. And she felt like, I don't have myself until 10 o'clock at night um, and there was no space. And so she started resenting her kids and feeling like, you know, angry at them that like they were taking over her life. And we gave a small intervention. And I said, why don't you have somebody else bring home your kids? Why don't you go from work to home and then you'll have that, you know, few minutes in the car. So that way you'll just be able to like listen to music, call somebody or, you know, even listen to a podcast, like do whatever you need in that time for you. So that way when you come home, you'll have more energy for your kids. That simple change made her lose the resentment yeah it just it went away and it was amazing because you know at first she was like what's wrong with me why don't i like my kids like why am i having such a hard time with them and it was just that simple meaning that simple like switch of saying you just need a few minutes of fresh air like to go from a mindset of work to a mindset of home to crash in bed to sleep like there's no time for you to just have a breather and that's all she needed was those 10 minutes and i was amazed by how it was such a small intervention but it changed her whole approach yeah i think there's so it's so hard to implement because there's so much mom guilt already i mean this generation where most of us a lot of us are working and that's already guilt as it is like oh i'm sending my baby out or i'm not there to pick up or drop off my child by the bus and there's so much like shame about that so to like even take more time for ourselves i feel like that's at least for myself where the conflict comes up but I think this like lesson and like it's hard to really implement it of that like it's quality more than quantity Mm -hmm. and that might be something to reconsider if you feel like you're not giving quality time to your children maybe give less time and more quality time exactly who I referenced her before who's a clinical social worker who works with children um she said also like yeah the same like concept of like not having to spend so much you don't have to spend so much time with kid but if you want to get the most for when you're working with kids a way to be present with them is to kind of like acknowledge what they're doing Mm -hmm. thought that was interesting like she was like oh so interesting you're putting your doll here Mm -hmm. or oh wow that you're building the tower sideways you know, mm-hmm. so instead, you know, that's, she said it, it was explaining was a really good way to build meaningful connection with mm-hmm. your children. I love that because like you're just responding to it. I think there's like a certain pressure of how am I going to entertain my kid? What am I going to do with them? Like I have to be exciting or in order to be a good mom, I have to be like, you know, this day camp, like running this day <laughs> camp and making it super exciting. And like ultimately it doesn't have to be so exciting. It could just be responding to them. You don't have to be the ones to take the lead, right? right? Indep- there's independent play, but then how do you enter into their play? Like when you want to connect to 
just sit there and you watch it and you watch it until they invite you to come in. Once they invite you to come in, you then play the role that they want you to play. They know how to play. We don't need to teach them this. They'll allow you to come in. So if they're playing, let's say, you know, they're, they're baking something, you know, mommy, I'm making you pizza and I'm putting the peppers on top of the pizza and I'm cutting the pizza. And then you come in and, you know, you're eating the pizza. You're making believe you're eating it. Like you don't need to tell them how to run a pizza store. Right. Like you don't need to tell them how to cut their pizza. Like you don't need to fix anything about it. You don't need to come up with the idea. Get up, get dressed. Why aren't you dressed? Like get to school. Like, why aren't you, why aren't you doing your homework? Like, you know, why'd you spill that on the floor? Like parents are like, they're bossing kids around which is obviously like kids can't run the world they need to be told what to do but when they're in the place like the play uh, mindset and when they're in the play space that's their chance to be the ones who are directing like they're the ones that that are going to tell you like how to cut the pizza and like i think parent doesn't want to necessarily be told what to do i'm so used to telling you what to do you're going to tell me what to do now but i think like that's also like a really nice like relief of you don't have to tell them what to do anymore here like we're in a fantasy world together we're in this imagination space where we're going to be playing like you tell me the rules of your pizza store you tell me how much I have to pay for that pizza like you tell me what bracha to make right, right. and it's 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 interesting because a lot of like what they will say is what you've told them in the past like you know like okay mommy's ready now you know to go to the store let me take my pocketbook oh wait I need to go to the bathroom first <laughs> like you know make sure that you, you took your keys like it's almost like they're going to be repeating what it is that you're saying but you don't have to necessarily like guide them they can do the work let them guide you all you have to do is repeat after them right so you have to be able to be comfortable of taking off the mom hat for a minute yeah and being present in the moment Mm -hmm. which is hard but also important as a mom for yourself yeah let alone how important it is for your child it's important for us as as individuals yeah and you know i like i have a lot of um a lot of my friends who um one of the things they struggle with is they feel like their personalities are intense and therefore the play becomes intense mm-hmm. and you know so instead of it just being like you know silly or playful it's like well what what lesson can i teach you in this game or right. what lesson can i teach you through reading reading you this book like everything has to be educational or you know if we're cutting the pizza i'm going to teach you manners like you know make sure you're wiping your face and i think what happens in that is it needs to be a little bit more relaxed um, because the whole thing about play is that it's not structured and there aren't rules. And yes, yeah. play does give you the opportunity to teach things, but not everything has to be a teachable moment. Right. Like if anything that's feeding into like the play has to be productive. Right. I think that like what Devorah said about just like acknowledging what's happening yeah. in itself is so teachable because right. it shows them that they're being seen and they're mm-hmm. valued. Yeah. Exactly. We all want to be seen and valued. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just focused on like, you know, back to what you were saying earlier about the phones, how everything is so connected with phones and, you know, time frame, time span, like attention span is so much harder than it was in the past. When you give your child that attention, like they don't usually have that. Right. And, you know, to do it is harder, but also for them to receive it is so much more important. So I think that's something that's helped me um, a lot of times is if I don't have, you know, the time or the headspace to sit down and play, is making diff- different activities playful. So I would then, let's say, bake something with my children, mm-hmm. or I would have them involved in cooking dinner. And I know some people are like, oh, I can have my kids' hands and my food. But like, even sometimes if it's fall, like I'll give them their own dough mm-hmm. and then they can like spend an hour with that dough. And then I feel like, oh, good, I got something checked off my list, Mm -hmm. which again, we talked about the importance of being present in play. So I don't want one to take away from the other, but you can't do that the whole day. Sometimes you need to get things done. 
I really like this because it's a win-win for both. Like, it doesn't mean just because, like, your child is having fun, you have to suffer. Like, exactly. it can be, like, an equal. You can meet each other midway. Um, but but I think, like, what you're really talking about is that the, it's not always the activity. Um, it's just, like, we don't have to say, like, this is an isolated play time. Exactly. Like, it can be, like, within life. Like, you can be sitting in the car and they start chanting, like, you know, a song and you respond back to the song. Exactly. And then before you know it, everybody's just giggling and laughing. Like, yeah. that's that's the playfulness and the silliness also that can be, like, integrated into everyday life where it doesn't have to be like okay from five o'clock till five thirty like that's when we're going to be doing you know magnet tiles and lego after that you know six to six fifteen is is story time like exactly. play doesn't have to be like so intensely structured um in that way like there's little moments where you can like instill that connection like you know when everyone is like waking up in the morning and then you know like tickling like fun and, and connecting and playful you know not not the word fun playful um with them and it doesn't have to be like this like big moment of like right. big activity or you know, let's have like a paint day at the table and just get the house all messy. Like it can be like those little those little moments of, you know, making call together. Exactly. Don't laugh. But one of my favorite games playing with my kids is hide and seek because then I go on a hand in my bed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even joking. Do they find you? Then they find me. Then when it's my turn again, I go hide in my son's bed. <laughs> and then when it's my turn again, I go hide on the couch under a blanket. <laughs> So it's like we opportunities this, like, for you to sleep. We did the shop this morning for hours. And, you know, my son hides in, like, you know, wherever he's hiding. And then whenever it's my turn, I get to go hide in some place that I can lay or sit. It, like, reminds me of, like, the quiet game. Like, you know, who could be the quiet, the quiet quietest? Contest. Yeah, quiet contest. Like, who can be the quietest, the longest? And, like, whoever talks loses. Yeah. And I think that the point of all this is that, like, what we said before, that sitting and playing is hard. And you don't always have to do the play that they want to do. Yeah. You know, it is important, I think, to give a certain amount of time that you will indulge in their in what they want to mm-hmm. do. Like, it can't always be what you want to do. But as parents, we have our, you know, we're not capable of sitting and playing chess or whatever. Chess is probably very advanced or, or Candyland for seven hours mm-hmm. or reading the book for seven hours or do imaginary play for seven hours. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we need to be creative, whether it's having them involved in the baking or the cooking or making up your own game of hide and seek where you keep getting to go back into bed. Right. You know, it could be an easier way um, to commun- to connect. Yeah. I think, like, the fear is, like, if you're not playing enough or you're not giving enough attention, like, there's not going to be connection later on. And, like, and because of, like, that pressure, every moment it's, like, is this an opportunity to play? Is this an opportunity to play? And, like, because kids are playing basically the whole day, um, it feels like every opportunity is a lost opportunity. Yeah, I don't think, you know, that's a good point that you're saying because I've I've definitely heard that before about people being scared of what their future, what their child's going to look like. And my response to that is always, it's like, we we don't know. We can't Mm -hmm. guarantee the future. You have to do the best that you can do with the tools that you have in the moment. Right. That's the most that you can do. Right. And I also feel like, you know, we we grow up saying like, this is what we received and this is what we saw and either we want to duplicate it or we want to move away from it. So, you know, my mom did this, my dad did this, like, you know, I want to change it or I want to keep it the same in the hopes that your child won't feel what you felt. But ultimately, your child is not you. And so whatever they go through, there's going to be something else about yourself that they're not going to like. And, you know, so you try your best, but then recognizing that there's still going to be some shortcomings and it's not the end of the world. Like, there just has to be the foundation of that connection. And that's what the play is. The play is all about connecting, connecting in their way, connecting in your way, um, and finding time to really bond. Yeah, I love that, about, like, kind of bringing it down to play is connection. Yes. And making that space for you to connect to your child that way. Yeah. So I think that we really, you know, between part one and part two, we really um, touched upon why play is so hard and, you know, some little ideas to combat it and make it easier. Yes. 
because you know at the end of the day we all want to bond and we all want to connect but it doesn't have to be torturous you don't have to feel like play zone is a torture zone it can be enjoyable and you know the key in everything is when it's more intentional when you learn about it and when you have more um opportunities of what and when you have more tools and to know how to do it that can be more reassuring and make it easier for the parents And I love this. And I'll let you know in six months if, if I worked. <laughs> six months or 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> okay. yeah. Thank you so much. Have a good day.